Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. We are bouncing back into another big edition of the Talking Hoops podcast. It is Ned without Johnny this week, but we have the man, Traith Leffler. Left, big puppy. How are you, brother? You've been in the wars. Yeah, man, I am good. It has been really nice to watch some NBA. You are correct. I have been in the wars. I've just had some surgery for my appendix. Had that removed only a couple of days ago. But man, you yourself, you've been, been, been a bit down at the moment as well. A bit sick. How are you feeling? Got the cooties there left. I tell you what, they sharing is caring there at the local gym. It just spread around. Not COVID though, so all good. And big shout outs to our boy Johnny Fitz as well, who can't be on the show today. But it's you and I flying solo left. I thought we were almost matching with the caps there, but you've gone for the more popular 76ers cap. And did you see before we jump into this week's edition of the podcast, man, we're going to be talking about every team in the NBA and our first impressions. But did you see your boy, Joel Embiid, reject Josh Giddy and the reaction from the commentator where he was like, I could care I less did- about Giddy. I just hope that Embiid's all right. Did you see that? Dude, I did. I saw that as it happened live. And then I read an article about it later. Man, that, that commentator, he got roasted afterwards though, about it. He was just getting flamed. Yeah, I know that. I mean, you always worry as a 76ers fan when Embiid comes down because that man goes down. You're gonna, you think he's injured every time. But man, Giddy came down way harder. I mean, it was a great block though. Oh, it was a great block, man. Imagine having him land on you. Welcome to the NBA, there, Josh Giddy. Joel Embiid, bang. (laughs) I tell you what, though, man, he had a great game. Josh Giddy, of course, the 76ers got it done, and you've got to be pretty happy at the moment left. But we're gonna run through these teams and. Definitely hope that you're feeling better here, man. What has your first impressions been of the NBA? We were talking a little bit off air there that you're really enjoying it. It's good to be back in the swing of things. What, what's your overall, like, hits, misses, that sort of thing? Dude, i got to say, I'm noticing these rule changes. these The mm. fouling rules. You know how players can't jump into players anymore or, or draw That's those stupid ticky-tack fouls? It's been crazy. I've noticed that some major players, like especially like Trey Young, James Harden, they're like... The way they're playing the game is completely different. I'm noticing defense is actually allowed to play a little bit more or defense, and it's great. Like, I know some of the old school fans are going to love it, and I think some of us new, us newer fans are enjoying it as well. But I love seeing some of these young teams like Chicago and, and, and just Charlotte, like, getting good. I won't jump into it too much. I don't want to spoil too much. But, yeah, they're, they're exciting, competitive, and it's just a good scene in general. What about you? Yeah, man, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking the first takes, it's been really surprising, man. I expected that the Los Angeles Lakers would go off to a much better start. I know what you're saying about with the rule changes sort of thing. It's it's going to take a while. I think people are panicking too early. I've got a cousin of mine going, oh, season's over because the Suns have lost a couple of games. Not like that. It's very early days. Like you're talking about with the fouls and that sort of thing, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to take a while for the players to get used to it, left. But, man, we will run through these teams, and we're going to kick things off with Fitzy's boys, the Atlanta Hawks, who razzed up my Pistons just the other day. And I tell you what, that wasn't too much of a surprise. It's going to be a long season for Detroit. But Atlanta, I tell you what, Trey Young, they're looking good, man. Oh, yeah, Atlanta's looking great. Trey Young, that man still looks amazing. Even though I said about those foul rules, that man can still shoot from anywhere. He's still getting inside. He's, you know, literally averaging... 21 and 10 at the moment. He's a double double digit assist playmaker. He is great. I mean, Atlanta in general, you got to say, I don't know if you agree with this or if you and John would disagree, but I reckon they are the deepest team in the league. 
They've got so many Man. good young players. I mean, they yeah, haven't like, even had um, with... Lou Williams come back yet or Gello. It's been it's been crazy. Yeah, they're off to a good. They're sitting seventh at the moment in the Eastern Conference. There, two wins, one loss. Who was the loss that they have there left? You know, off the top of your head. Actually, I think it was Cleveland. Funny enough. Cleveland razzed them up, and yeah, Cleveland, they were one of those teams that we're talking about that have had the surprising starts as well. I saw they had a, a big win yesterday, too, against Denver, I think it was. So there you go. So you're saying that they're the deepest team in the league. I don't know, man. I, they've definitely got a, a, a strong core, but yeah, what have we got? Clint Capella and Andrew Jones back I don't know, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the deepest, but they, they are definitely going to make a long run into the playoffs this year. Yeah, fully agreed. I, I expect them to be right back up there. I think once playoffs comes around, they're just so they're so offensively gifted. Even though the yeah. rules are trying to help encourage defense, just they've got literally five, six people who can create their own shot from Bogdanovich to obviously Trey Young. Even John Collins can do a little bit. DeAndre Hunter, he's back. He's looking better than ever. They're just yeah, I, I, I'm really scared. I, I'd, I'd be really worried if I was an opposing team in the East. Atlanta is... If good, I was a 76ers a fan, I'd be worried is what you're saying. Yeah, man. Look, they scare me as a 76ers fan. They're the opposite of us. We've got no offense and all defense, and they've got all offense, no defense. So, <laughs> yeah. That'll be an interesting matchup when that one comes up left. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I still think we can beat them. I still reckon the 76ers can beat anyone, but I'll save that for a bit later. Alrighty, well, let's jump into the Boston Celtics. Unless you want to touch on any more there on the Atlanta side of things, but Boston, man, I saw an absolutely epic game. I think I was texting you at the time. Boston and New York, did you see that one that went down to the absolute wire? Uh, Smart hit the three to put it into overtime, and it was crazy. The garden was up and about, and I, man... Celtics ended up sort of dying off there in overtime and the New York Knicks got it. But, you know, it looks like Boston's going to be fairly strong again. Your boy Tatum there looking the goods. Oh, yeah, man. What? All I can say, what a start. What an opening, like, night. That was a crazy game. Getting a double overtime opener at the, at the TD Garden. That's just crazy. Like, what a game. I watched that. I mean, Jalen Brown was amazing. What did he hear? Like, 40, 49 points or something? Was it 47, oh, it was 49? It was close to the 50, but not quite. Yeah, it, it was oh, absolutely no, amazing. Just missed out. I think I think Boston was just gassed by the end of it. But yeah, man, you nailed it right on the head. Look, Boston's going to be competitive this year. When you have two, you know, when you have two players in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you can pencil yourself in for being, you know, at least a 500 team. I think the biggest issue though with Boston is sort of in their in their front court. I don't know what their guard play is going to look like. Are they going to start Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder? Let's not forget they also have Josh Richardson. They've got some of their younger guys in Pritchard, Payton, you know, so it's it's interesting. I wonder what they'll do. That begs a good question there, Lef. And did you see the game just yesterday? Another overtime game, just thinking about it. These boys are, are being put to work at the moment by the Charlotte Hornets, but they ended up getting up and about in the overtime there and getting it done on the road. Jason Tatum had an absolutely monster game. And like you said, they're going to be very good. Did you did you catch that game? The Charlotte Hornets will get to them very shortly. But Celtics, man, they're, they're putting in work. They're putting in a lot of extra minutes. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Celtics are logging some heavy minutes at the start of the season. I mean, they're going to have to take a step back almost. You don't want to be playing 48 minutes a night every single night. I mean, 
But yeah, I did see that game. I think I think that game Jason Tatum had, he had like 47, seven and six or something. And that's the that's only the sixth time in Boston Celtics history that a player's ever had that sort of stat line. And the last time it happened was wow. Larry Bird, I think was the last time a player had a stat line like that, which Damn, is crazy. that's some Boston's pretty good company some- right there, Lef. It is. You think of all the players Boston's had. I mean, Boston's had some great yeah. players over their history, so that that's just crazy. Tatum's going to go down as one of the all-time greats there at Boston, I reckon. He's just an unbelievable player. And the Celtics sitting in 11th in the East at the moment. They're 2-2. Two and two. And yeah, like we're saying, they're playing extra minutes each night at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of end up. And you're saying that they're guaranteed to be above 500, though, just because of that, that Tatum? Tatum and Brown, those two yeah. players on any given night can literally drop 30 or 40 and just win you a game single-handedly they're great they're both great wing defenders and just look they're just awesome awesome players awesome young guys did you see brown posterize that charlotte hornets player who i just can't remember his name but damn he posterized him it was something crazy i'm gonna find that picture and i'm gonna post it up on those socials which we haven't plugged yet talking underscore hoops underscore podcast you need to check this out left man with the master plan we're talking about it man you're running a good job there on the instagram page and fitzy's just started up a twitter account as well talking hoops pod i think it is i'll have to check that out but Man, we, we got it all happening. But did you see that, Lef? No, I actually didn't, dude. I actually didn't see wow. that. Wow. You'll have to put it up. Yeah, now I'm going to check it out after this. It was absolutely insane. And the, the thing about it, too, it was clutch, too, Lef. It wasn't like, you know, five minutes into the first quarter, we're talking it was, you know, fourth quarter or one of the overtimes. It was, bam, it was a statement. If ever I've seen yeah. one. <laughs> oh, well, Jalen Brown's so athletic. I mean, he's the man to do it, so... Man, I want to check that out now. I'm disappointed I didn't see that. That's really irritating oh. me. <sighs> yeah, come on, Lef. You're, you're the NBA expert here, man. I'm playing catch up oh, on I you. Do. But I here, here's, here's I mean, what I want to talk to. We're going to switch things up from the Boston Celtics. We're going to go on to the Brooklyn Nets. And this is the team Fitzy and I were thinking. I think you were saying it as well. We expect them to be right up there come uh, June next year. Like, this is these guys are projected. It's, you know, it's finals or bust kind of things for the Brooklyn Nets. You're saying the loss of Corey Irving's hurting them a lot. How about our boy, though, Patty Mills, man? He is playing oh, out of his skin at the moment. Oh, Patty Mills is literally like, he's literally like coming off the bench like Steph Curry. Did you know he has the most made three-pointers without missing a single shot in NBA history? NBA history. Insane. NBA history. 10 straight threes without missing a single shot. That's I'm not just sure crazy. if they're playing today or not, but that, that's quite the run, isn't it? He's going to be a very much a loved man in Brooklyn right there. But what are your sort of takes on the Nets at the moment? Look, I think as with all of these teams, it's only preseason. Like you can't jump the gun with any of these teams. At the moment, Brooklyn doesn't look that good. They look like they're having a lot of issues. You will see that I did write down the loss of Kyrie is hurting them. The problem yeah. there becomes, yeah, Durant and Harden, Obviously, they are like two of the best offensive players, arguably in league history. Like they are great players. But the problem is outside of those two, there's no one there who can create their own shot or play make for other people. Paddy Mills, great scorer, great shooter, but you're not expecting Paddy Mills to, to at, at the NBA level anyway, 
to come in and, and score your 40 a night and have 10 assists or whatnot. The problem is without Kyrie, they don't, they can't really stagger those minutes well enough. And I think that you're noticing an issue is whenever Harden and Durant aren't on the floor, the team's just terrible. Like it's, they just don't know what they're doing. Look, they've got some great players like Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap. Those players are great. Like LaMarcus Aldridge had a great game the other night against the Sixers. That game hurt me to watch. We fumbled the bag <laughs> in the end there. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, they're really... I, I think that Kyrie loss is going to hurt them, especially during the regular season. Come postseason, well, though, I reckon they're going to be right back up there. Yeah, they're sitting there at two and two at the moment left. And like we keep touching on, it's very, very early days. We're talking the first week in the NBA here. But... What are your takes on Kyrie Irving? It's I've seen Brooklyn are now open to trade him. What are you doing? You're in the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. Are you getting rid of him? It's, it's a tough situation because Kyrie is a strange man and you have no idea what he's going to do. Kyrie, Kyrie has said he might retire if he gets traded. So, wow. no team on... I yeah, did no not team see on, that. Yeah, this came out a little while ago. It might... Stephen A. Smith on first take... Yeah, I think he I think he was reporting that. So a lot of teams don't really want to trade for him because you trade for Kyrie, you trade for the whole package, you get, you know, the flat earth, you get his funny opinions and controversial takes on things. And look, if I was a team, look, the perfect trade for trade would literally be Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving. It would address Philadelphia's need for a shot creator. It would identify Brooklyn's need for a secondary playmaker, defender. That would work perfectly, in my opinion, but I don't think those teams are going to happen because, well, I don't think Philadelphia wants the Kyrie Irving show and all that entails. And Brooklyn probably but doesn't look- want to trade one sort of hard guy for another sort of, you know, hard work guy in the sense of like, yeah. what the hell is this guy going to bring? True, true, court. true. Yeah, true. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but that is interesting. I. I think with Kyrie Irving though, I think what's going to happen is one of these days he's just gonna he's just gonna wake up and he's gonna get the vaccine and he's gonna be back. Like, I don't think he's gonna go the whole season. I could literally see next month him being back in the starting lineup, playing all the games again. Very interesting one there. It's a. I tell you what though, I don't remember the start to a season with so much sort of, you know, speculation and stuff that you're watching sort of off the court. Like, what the hell's going to happen with Simmons? What the hell's going to happen with Kyrie Irving? Will the Lakers be able to remain healthy? There's so many what ifs and buts and whens and if it's all going to stick together left. It makes for a very interesting season ahead of us, my friend. But let's roll on to the Charlotte Hornets. We were speaking about them a little bit earlier. These guys are over achieving if you remember right left they got razzed up by 68 points in the preseason which does show that it's you know preseason or doesn't mean anything but i was like man it's gonna be a long season for them these guys were looking like going undefeated in the first week but finally they did end up losing to the the celtics in overtime but man overachievers uh, is it can they maintain this what are you thinking here with the hornets Look, there's two things to note with the Hornets. They are a young team, so they're coming out the gate firing. And two, it's the start of the season. I think the Charlotte Hornets are going to be a very fun team this year. I think they're going to be better than last year. But like, I think people forget last year, they were pretty competitive for a stretch. They were playing like an above 500 team. And they were in the playoff bracket for a little while before they came out. But look, I've written a couple things this year. 
LaMelo Ball this year, he's taken another lead. Like, he's averaging like 25, 7, and 8 or something. Like, he's playing very well this year. Miles Bridges just won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Yeah. He's been really good. Deservedly so, too. Yeah, man. Have you seen some... Can, have you seen that man's dunk package? That man can literally has, like, arguably the best dunks in the whole game, like, in the whole league. He is insane. Better get up and go about him there, left. Oh yeah, mate. Especially paired with their with the Charlotte's commentator. That man is just insane. <laughs> I love him. Oh, Miles Bridges with the dunk. <laughs> <laughs> He's better than your 76ers commentator. I'll give you that right there. The Hornets are uh, sitting in at three and one at the moment, and they could have been four and zero, and it would have been the first time because I was watching the game yesterday. This has happened for the Hornets. I'm pretty sure that enthusiastic commentator was saying. So they've had a very, very good start to this season. I see you've got a note here saying Haywood is Haywood. Man, I love that guy. He, he's a, a guy to build your team around. Uh, Lamelo playing out of his skin as well. The confidence of that man. Year two, he's jacking up threes left, right, and center, and they're hitting the bottom of the net, man. It's it's just a case if they can just hold it together, I think. What are you thinking? Are they going to make the playoffs or are they going to sort of burn out? It's tough. It's a tough take. It's the start of the season. I could see... I could see them being in the playoffs. I could. I don't see them being above, say, like a six seed, but I could yeah. definitely see them at, in that six to eight range. But the problem with the East, it's there's so many competitive teams. It's too early to say. I think by about that 20 mark, like by about the 20 game mark part of the season, we'll have a bit of a better picture. But the problem yeah. is there's so much going on at the moment. Like obviously with Brooklyn and the Kyrie, with Philadelphia and the Simmons, like who knows what happens to those teams. Those teams could get significantly better or worse. Like just the way some of these other teams have been playing, which we'll get to in a second. But all I can say, Charlotte is fun. They are exciting. They have a great young core and I am going to be tuned into Charlotte this year. Yeah, they're another one of those teams that I'll be tuning into as well. And like you said, for that commentator guy, I know it's it's Del Curry. I forget the name of the other guy, though, that do it, man. He, he's a beast. I'm glad that you brought him up. I was thinking that yesterday. I'm like, man, I want him calling games. He's fantastic left. But let's roll on to another team here. We're running through these in alphabetical order. And this team... People, I think, are getting a little bit too excited at the moment on the Chicago Bulls. They are sitting at four and zero, but they two of those teams were against my Pistons, who unfortunately, you know, they haven't had Cade Cunningham, and they, they're off to a slow start. Are they sort of counting their chickens before they hatch Chicago Bulls fans, or are they the real deal left? I love watching them, except for the two games where they beat us, obviously. But are they the real deal? Ned? The Chicago Bulls are back, baby. First time yes. since 1996. First time since 96 as they've started off 4 and 0. Oh. Are we watching the 73 and 9 Chicago Bulls this year? Who knows? We'll Ooh. wait and find out. No, but look, Chicago is so much fun. Like, literally, I think I've written a note. They are the most fun team in the league. I, I've watched more Chicago Bulls than any other team this year besides the 76ers. They're just so much fun. I mean, look at their starting five. You've got Lonzo Ball, you've got Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. Off the bench, you've got Alex Caruso, who's literally leading the league in steals right now. I think he had back-to-back games, five steals and four steals in less than 30 minutes. That's insane. Man, they are yeah, so much the memes fun. getting around. He's the new goat of Chicago, apparently, Caruso, man. I tell oh. you what, I do like the Bulls. 
you know, I guess you only played teams, what, four times a season and we've already played them twice. So there's some good news. Like yeah. I can I can get back on the Bulls bandwagon. Lonzo Ball seems to be a nice fit there too, Left, Like he has, hmm. like he's moved around a little bit, but I, I think this is a team for him. Agreed, man. Agreed. I think it finally gives Zach Levine a actual decent playmaker who... Yeah. I mean that that's that's Lonzo's game. He's a he's a pass first, pass second point guard. Like he's always looking to make the right play and will only take the shot when he's open or he's the best option available. He's very smart. Like I think people underrate how good of a facilitator Lonzo Ball is. Like when he came into the league, he was literally having like he was having like LeBron level impact on the passing side of things. And then his buzzer sort of died down and he hasn't been that much of a like, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's as hyped as he once was, but like he, he's really good. He's he's a good player to be running your, your team. And I think that over the next couple of years, he's really going to grow into a really reliable point guard. I could even see him sneaking into an all-star game one of these years, actually. Really, Alonso, there, there you go. I, I like yeah. it, man. While he's led the Bulls, well, he's been a part of the Bulls. They're off to a great start for him, Zip. They're the only undefeated team in the East at the moment. And yeah, very much the talk of the NBA at the moment. I do agree with you. I will agree with you, Left, when you say they are the most fun team in the NBA. Like, I, I do agree with that, man. I love that. And they've made the best moves in the offseason for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think it feels right in the NBA when the Chicago Bulls are playing well and the New York Knicks. We've talked about this on previous episodes. The teams are in the East. Bang, bang, bang. And about, yeah. Hell yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to touch on there before we move on off the Chicago Bulls? Oh, look, I actually, I'd love to talk Chicago all day. They're actually so much fun. Like, <laughs> you're right. What'd you say oh, about Alex Caruso? Sorry, Alex Caruso. It's the Caruso is what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, they're just, a, they're such a fun team. I love it. Look, I mean, let's be honest. They've actually, they haven't even been that good offensively. Defensively has been their <laughs> calling card. Like, and, and they were, they were expected to be a top 10 offense and a bad defense. And so far they've been a good defense and an average offense. So like Vucevic hasn't had a good start to the season. DeRozan's had an average start. Levine's learning to actually play with decent players for the first time in his career. I reckon they're going to come down defensively. But I reckon offensively, they're going to kick it up a notch. And I could see them definitely being a top four seed in the East this year. Yeah, future's bright. Future's very bright there in Cheetown, baby. We can't talk about them for the whole whole show, man. We've got to <laughs> move on, unfortunately. Let's move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Evan Mobley, man. Evan Mobley. He's looked awesome. Third pick of the, of the, of the NBA lottery draft. He's just been insane. Like... Literally, he's been the best rookie defender so far, and I would not be surprised if he makes an all-defensive team in the next two years. Like, he has literally been awesome. Yeah, I I could see him being a a defensive player of the year in the future. Like, literally, he... I was watching that game against Atlanta. He was switched out into Trey Young twice, and he locked him down. Trey Young. Like, it was insane. And then, literally, there was a pick-and-roll... And it was Evan Mobley guarding the pick and roll between Clint Capella and Trey Young. And Trey Young was out on the perimeter. Evan Mobley was guarding him. Trey Young threw the quick, threw the lob to Clint Capella. And Evan Mobley was right there, snatched it out of the air midway and just completely denied it. Like, he's already a great pick and roll defender. Like, that's just insane, especially considering they're starting literally three seven footers with 
Jared Allen and Lowry Markinen, who Lowry's literally like the worst defender in the NBA. It's just crazy. <laughs> like he, he's so good. He literally, if you're a Cleveland fan, you might have the next Anthony Davis. If he can figure it out on the offensive end, wow, he will be. That's big. He will. He will be. And I and uh, I'm not crazy. If if he can defensively, he's going to be great. He's already great. If he can unlock it on the offensive end, though, we're looking at another Anthony Davis level player. That's crazy right there. And I very much doom and gloom for the Cavs at the start of the year sort of thing. But so far, they'd be sitting pretty happy, I think, at two and two. They're number nine in the East at the moment. But not a bad start for the Cavs. They've definitely been competitive left. Yeah, man, definitely. Definitely. It's 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 been good. The only thing which I would not be too, too happy about is if you're a Colin Sexton fan. That man going to get traded. You reckon he is? He, he hasn't had a great start, has he? It's no, he's actually had an all right start. He's averaging like 23 points per game or something. Oh, well, there you go. The problem, I was going to say, but the problem is, I don't know why. I'm not sure why Cleveland front office feels this way, but they keep trying to hype up Darius Garland, who's been playing like, I'll say he's been playing badly. Um, <laughs> and Colin Sexton's been good, but I don't know why they don't like him. Like, I reckon they're going to trade him by, by the end of the season, personally. By, by wow, then you can't make your like... sex land jokes though, Lef. Yeah, I know, man. I know. It might be, um, yeah, it, it's just interesting. I don't know where he's going to go. He's a good he's a good scorer. He just doesn't bring much else besides scoring. And so it's just interesting. I, I actually really like him. I reckon Sexton could be a, a maybe a one or two time all-star in the future. Like scoring wise, he's up there with some of the best. Just he's not a good playmaker, not a great defender. He's sort of like, I reckon he'd be a great six man of the year type player. Oh, there you go. All right, no, I'm a fan of Sexton. I don't want him at all. And you've got here, which is, it's good to see Kevin Love playing good again. He's winding back the clock a little bit. Yes, man. Yes, man. I think in his last game, he had 16 points, eight rebounds in less than 20 minutes, which is That's something school, we man. haven't seen. We haven't seen that in ages. That's like what he was doing back when LeBron and Kyrie were still in Cleveland back in 2014, 15, and 16. Like, so I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets traded. Hopefully that he has a good season. He gets traded maybe in a package deal with Sexton. Obviously, Kevin Love has a max contract. If you trade him with a young player like Sexton, you could get a, a good player back. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe they trade for Simmons. Who knows? Oh, they, yeah. Well, there was we've spoken about that before. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Left. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about on the on the Cavs? Because I know you're going to be sort of chomping at the bit to talk about this next team. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can make a quick shout out to Ricky Rubio. He's having a great start oh. to the season. Very underrated pickup for for Cleveland. He's playing literally like like the player who was drafted before Stephen Curry. I'm not sure if you guys knew that, but Ricky Rubio was drafted one pick before Steph Curry. Wow, he's not playing. The top of the, so what, what pick was that left? Oh, I know you're really testing me, man. I think it was the 13th pick and Steph was the 14th pick. Wow. See, that blows but, my mind that Steph was the 14th pick. That's crazy. Like, see, I don't have a memory that well. Usually you remember some of these things, but Steph being the 14th pick, geez, Golden State got lucky there. I might get completely roasted when I'm completely wrong with that because that was way before I watched the NBA, but I'm just going <laughs> off. I'm just going off memory of something I've read before. So, but I know that I know that Ricky Rubio was drafted one spot before Steph Curry, and then one spot before him was Johnny Flynn. I'm not sure if you remember that name. Oh yeah, Johnny Flynn. Remember him well. 
I have no re recollection. That's just me being silly left. But let's move on to the Mavs. I remember it was a big Luka Doncic love fest from the Mavs last week when we were talking about him, buddy. Their start, is he going to, you reckon he's on track to beat, win that MVP? Individually, yes. Team-wise, absolutely not. Outside of Luka, there's no one once again. I mean... Look, Tim Hardaway's good. Tim Hardaway is a flamethrower. On any given night, he can erupt. But look, what's happened to Porzingis? Have the Monstars yeah. stolen his offense? Yeah, like, they could have. Man, it's, you know, speculation out there, man. You just don't know. They're only, what are they, one and one at the moment, though? So extremely early days looking at these stats, dude. Yeah, man. I just, I just don't, I don't have a good feeling about the Mavericks this year. I just... I mean, look, I, they're still going to be a playoff team. Like, I, I, I'm still expecting to be there. When you have a player who's like Luka Doncic, who's arguably a top seven player, he's yeah. he's good enough. Like, he could carry any roster to the playoffs. He's like a LeBron level player like that, like James Harden. But the problem with Luka is he is he does so much that he gets to the fourth <laughs> quarter of games. Oh man, he's showing your cooties, mate. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but he gets to the fourth quarter and he just gasses out. If Porzingis can get some of his offensive back, like offensive talent back, then they're a threat to anyone. They could be a top five seed. But without that secondary playmaker, I just think we're we're doomed to be out in the first round again. Yeah, I we'll have to wait and see. Well, Porzingis is an interesting one. Like it, I heard rumors that he didn't get along that well with Luca, or there was something like that back a while ago. Is Am I making that up left? Or there was something there where I thought he was going to get traded. I'm not sure what's going on though, but maybe it is the Monstars. Yeah, dude, those, those rumors were going around. I think it was more the coaching. I think it was more the fact that Luca's so bald and, and Chris Tapps used to be like the central focus at New York. Uh, that Porzingis felt like he wasn't getting that fair treatment because Porzingis is still, he's on a max contract. They traded for him to be that second star. He's been an all-star in New York. Um, he's made all defensive teams. Like, he is a good player. He's just hes just lost it. Like, he, back in New York, he was a great post player. Like, his mid-range well, was deadly. His face-up slash, like, post-game was insane. And, and now he can't score over literally Marcus Smart. Like... Patrick Beverly was giving him issues in the post. Like, come on. The dude's 7'4". Patrick Beverly's not even like six <laughs> foot tall. Like, what's going on here? Pat Bev, I'm telling you, we were speaking about that last week too. The man is a freaking uh... tyrant. Well, hopefully the Dallas Mavericks can get things together for you there. Uh, left, fingers crossed, touch wood. Denver yeah, Nuggets, man. I know you're not a big fan of these guys. Uh, I like Denver. I like I like Denver. I just don't... It's just Jokic. I wish Embiid had won the MVP over Jokic. Because I don't know how many good Jokic opportunities Jokic is an absolute beast, though, man. An absolute beast. He is, I would dude, prefer Nikola Jokic over Embiid. I'm sorry. Especially, you know... I don't, so you're telling me you'd prefer Embiid? Yeah, dude. And the fact that you said you prefer Jokic, I'm sorry, man. I have some beef with you now. Um, oh. That'll do for the podcast, <laughs> folks. We'll see you next... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look... I, Nah, you can't go wrong with Jokic. I mean, if you wanted someone for longevity, like you know the saying, the best the best ability is availability. Nikola Jokic is your guy. Like he's he could repeat his MVP this year. Like he's he's literally having a great start to the season. He'd have to be top three MVP right now. 
Very, very early, obviously. But look, yeah, he, he's great. I just prefer Embiid because I'm a loyal diehard 76ers fan. Sure, that has nothing to do with it, though. Um, so it didn't yeah, bother look, you when he absolutely creamed Josh Giddy, your Australian, the other day. And just, oh, I was more the commentator that I had the beef with there, really. Yeah, look, Embiid was just doing his job. He was just guarding the post, but it was... It, <laughs> It was a hard. It was was it a foul in the end? It was a foul, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was a foul, man. He nearly killed the poor kid, and it was like they were up by about twenty points at the time too. It was like yeah, eh. I think it, it was, was about a minute welcome. to go in the game. Yeah, it was welcome to the NBA moment, you know. It was very much a welcome to the NBA moment, very much. Yeah, just one thing to note about the Denver Nuggets is I think this year, their offense is still going to be great, but I think defensively is where their issues are going to lie. Michael Porter Jr. has looked all right to start the season. Defensively, he doesn't look like he's out on an island every time now. He actually looks like he's an average defender now. Not quite living up to that max contract just yet, but give it a couple more games and I could see him being back to that. I could see him being a 25-point-per-game scorer. He's good. He's good. Oh, he's very, very good, man. And I tell you something, man, something, a team that's not good. Here's a segue for you. Is my Detroit Pistons at the moment. They're looking very lowly. They're at the bottom of the NBA. The bottom, man. They are very last. Zero wins, three losses. Cade hasn't played yet, which is good. Young players are looking okay. Uh, Killian Hayes had an all, all right game yesterday. Let's move through this one kind of quickly on Detroit. Yeah, man. Look, I don't have too much to say about Detroit. Just, yeah. <laughs> look, it's all about the young core. Wait till Kay Cunningham comes back. When he comes back, I could see them being a bit more competitive. They've got they've got the roots there. You can see it. Like, Sadiq Bay has had a really good start to the season. I think he's averaging, like, 16 points and, like, something like 11 rebounds per game. Like, that man yeah. is an underrated rebounder. I did not know he was a double-digit rebounder. Yeah, that's, that's pretty underrated. very, very good. Very yeah, good. Man. And Isaiah's- one thing too is they are one of the youngest teams in the NBA as well. I was seeing the stats the other day that it's like them and Oklahoma who they're like under mm. average age is under 23 or something like that. So young, build around it, see what happens. It's going to be a long season though. I've got that feeling. I know it's very early, but it's going to be a long one for the Pistons, unfortunately. Hopefully Cade can get it done when it comes to Rookie of the Year and you know we can continue to build around him, but we'll have to wait and see left. Yeah, man. All I'll say with the Rookie of the Year, it's the second half which counts not the first half as much. So even if he's out for a couple of weeks and he comes back, if he's on fire, I guarantee you, you look at the name, he's got the publicity. He's he's Cade Cunningham, number one pick. He could very still well win it. Win it. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear what you're saying 100%. And hopefully that's the case. It's hard to sort of say when he hasn't played, isn't it? So let's yeah, roll man. on. And we all agreed with this one. The Golden State Warriors, this team back. They were so underrated in those power rankings. I think it was seventh or eighth off memory. They are looking very good like the uh, Golden State Warriors of old. Interesting stat too. I saw that Draymond Green, uh, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson have all played together for like 10 seasons now. And it's like the longest tenure in NBA history or right up there with it, which is good. So they, wow. those guys are used to playing together. They've got the pieces there. I think the Golden State Warriors are going to be right up there. They're looking good and and. Steph, even when he 
says that he's playing bad. He's playing good. I'm not sure if you saw that. He got a triple double and said that he played like trash. Didn't shoot well, but man, looking good left is all I can say when it comes to good old Golden State. Yeah, dude, I fully agree with you. You nailed it right on the head. They really looking like the Warriors of old. And Clay's yeah. not even back yet. Wait till Clay comes back. Once Clay comes back, I could see them literally going on a roll. Like I could just see them stomping teams in the regular season. Because the problem is they're so hard to keep up with. With Steph yeah. Curry, Clay Thompson, and and now Jordan Poole all running around screens and coming off, you know, dribble handoffs and going for those threes and shooting them at like above 40% from clip. They're just so hard to contend with. On any given night, any one of those two or three guys can heat up and they'll just blow you out of the water. Like it's no one can defend Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Like they're just moving all the time, always switching, always running. I got I have a mega soft spot for the Golden State Warriors. This is long before they were super teams back when it was you know those early days of drafting when when Steph was playing and I can't believe he was if you're right picked so far down I I, I love the Warriors man I think they're going to be very good they they're not to be messed with and the fact that Clay like you said left still to come back into that side they could be right up there they're like a people are writing these guys off if they stay healthy look out Western Conference and yeah Jordan Poole as well Steph Curry come out and said that he's going to be better than what Steph is did you see that Wait, Steph said Jordan Poole was going to be better than he is. Yep. He said he's got the potential to be better than he is and he thinks it'll happen. Wow. That's, I mean, let's not underrate Steph Curry. Two-time MVP, unanimous MVP, first time in NBA history. I don't know about that. I could see Jordan Poole maybe sneaking into a six-man of the year one day or maybe peaking on another team and being an all-star. But I don't so know about that, that. You think that Steph's just being nice? I think that Steph is trying, yeah, trying to be nice to Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has looked good, but dropping 23 points per game is not being a two-time MVP. Like, oh, let's... well, early days, he's only 23, man. He's only 23. True, true man, true. Yeah. But maybe I could... Funny enough, you were talking about the early days Golden State Warriors. He's very much like a Monte Ellis, isn't he? Except just... Well, sort of, sort of, but rather from the three rather than inside, I'd say. He reminds me a bit of him. Yeah, no, I, I see that, and I, I did like Monte Ellis. He was, they're the, that's the team that I like that razzed up the, the Mavs back in the day when you were probably in primary school, buddy. Let's move on to the Houston Rockets, though. Back to the lottery, says Mr. Leffler. Yes, man, back to the lottery for Houston. That's, that I have not case, caught so. a Houston Rockets game, I must admit. I did see that our guy from the Sydney Kings, Deshaun Tate, had a monster game the other day, though, which is cool. Where are they sitting at the moment, Left, Let me check this. Yeah, look, dude, I don't, I haven't, I haven't watched much Rockets either. I think they're, I think they've won one, and two. one they're game. They're 12th in the West. There you go. Yeah, that's a, okay. Okay, so I was right about the one game. But yeah, look, I haven't watched much Houston Rockets either. It was, it was a bit of a rough start to Jalen Green, but he's had a bit of a resurgence. I think his last game, he dropped 30. A very efficient 30. Six for eight shooting Damn. from three. Yeah, like 60% shooting from the field. So he's he had a good game. That's why they drafted him. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. has looked good. Our man from Sydney, Jay Sean Tate, has looked very good. Um, Christian Wood has looked good as well. Elper and Sengun, very underrated draft pick. I could see him being... A very good starter in the next couple of years. 
But look, very similar to your Detroit Pistons, man. It's just about internal development, get back to that lottery, getting a big pick. Yeah, the difference between Houston and Detroit, though, is Detroit, it's been like we've been there for a very long time, not so much for Houston. So I, I can see that their, their turnaround will probably happen quickly left. The Indiana Pacers, though, man, let's move on to the Pacers. What are we thinking there? You will see I have written one name in bold, and that man is Chris Duarte, or Chris Duarte, however you pronounce it. I think it's Duarte. Duarte. That man, Duarte, yeah, that man has been insane. Also, the 14th pick. Something about the 14th pick in the NBA draft. That man exactly. Has come out if you're right been... on the 14th pick, I need to Google that, man. I, it's going to be funny if you it, go it, back. It's like you. It seems so it, high. It, I, I know, but it's like the 13th or 14th pick. It's one of those two. I feel like it's the 13th or 14th. Anyway, but Chris Duarte, man, have you have you watched him? That man's been insane. I think he was the I oldest rookie admit, in the draft. How old was? How old is he? I must have been. I don't know much about this guy. I've seen one Pacers game, and mm -hmm. like the game I was watching, Sabonis looked good. But tell me about Duarte. So I didn't know much about Chris Duarte coming into the draft. It was only after they drafted him and he started playing some games that I sort of paid a bit more attention. Chris Duarte, I think he's about 24. I think he's 24, so very odd, maybe 23. So very old for a rookie. Yeah. Um, but very, very unusual fashion. Um, Rick Carlisle has started him straight away from the beginning of the season is playing him heavy, heavy minutes. The only rookie that Rick Carlisle has ever done that with was Luka Doncic. And... Well, we know what Luka Doncic has turned into now. I was he about to say, never heard that. of him left. Yeah, I know. He's a bit of an unknown, unknown player. You might hear of him in a couple <laughs> of years. Uh, but no, Chris Duarte, that man's been great. He is like, he's so funny. He literally can't make a shot from the mid-range, but he's so efficient from three. He's shooting over 50% from three at the moment. He's averaging over 20 points, five rebounds, two assists. Hasn't missed a free throw at the moment. He's averaging 2.5 free throws attempts per game. So not a lot, but he's just so efficient. And his confidence level is just crazy. Like, he has he's no fear, that man. No fear. Definitely a player to look out for there, man. I'll have to... I'm going to keep those eyes peeled. So is he a long shot for the rookie of the year? Or do you reckon he's going to be right up there? I think he's, I think he's probably a shoe-in for all-rookie first team. Well, okay. I won't say he's a shoe-in. We're literally only four games into the season, five <laughs> as of today. So it's very, very early. But look, I think that he is... I could see him being a Malcolm Brogdon type player. Like, do you remember back in... I feel like it was 2015 or 16 when Malcolm Brogdon and Joel Embiid were going head-to-head -head for Rookie of the Year. Joel Embiid only played like half the season but had much better stats. But Malcolm Brogdon was much older, but was much more consistent. I could yeah. see Chris Duarte being like, funny enough, they're on the same team as well, a, a Malcolm Brogdon type player, like a fringe all-star type player. Maybe not quite yeah. ever getting there, but being a very consistent, reliable player. Yeah. Pace is looking good. All right. How about the Clippers then, man? Paul George, he's back to where he was sort of thing. Uh, Reggie Jackson, the game I watched, man, Reggie looked good and it made me think about you talking about him not being a starting point guard. Rest of the team is average but decent, according to Mr. Leffler. Oh, look, dude, I haven't, I, I'm just not – I just can't watch Clippers games. They're just so – 
I just don't like them very much. So I haven't really watched a lot of Clippers games. And the ones I've tuned into so far, look, Paul George has looked like Paul George. I mean, he's not quite had that start to the season like I thought he would. I thought he'd be just averaging 30 points per game at the moment. Really, you know, maybe being a dark horse MVP candidate. Not so far, but look, I don't know, just the rest of the team, maybe outside of Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's been really good off the bench. Yeah. But I don't know, I just... I haven't been a fan of them, to be honest. I couldn't even talk about them that much because I haven't watched them that much, to be honest. No, fair call. Let's move on. Like you said, early days, they're one and two at the moment. But uh, here's a team that people will be very interested in. I think they picked up their first victory and it was against the Grizzlies, the Los Angeles Lakers. This is I'm interested to hear what you have to say on these guys, Lef. I was expecting them to just... I think you said they're not going to, like, you know, go for the 70-plus win season, which definitely isn't going to happen. But you reckon they'll just sort of coast into mm. the playoffs, then they'll get it done then. That's what you're thinking. It's not doom and gloom for Los Angeles Lakers fans? No, it's not doom and gloom. This is LeBron James. This is Russell Westbrook. This is Anthony Davis. They're an old team. You know how I was making the comment before about the Charlotte Hornets being young and energetic and getting out to a hot start? Yeah. It's the opposite with LA. They're an older really team. Is. They're very experienced. Yeah, they're not they're not jumping out the gate there. They're I would say remember with most LeBron teams, they they generally start off slow and then they ramp it up as the season goes. Same as Westbrook. I think people forget like do you remember when Westbrook was traded to Houston? The first oh, half yeah. of the season. That first half of the season looked terrible. People were saying, What a bad trade. By the second half of the season, Westbrook was playing better basketball there than his MVP level season. Same as Washington yeah. last year. The second half of the season, he was literally averaging 23 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. I can definitely see that happening again with LA. Like, it doesn't look good right now, but LA Laker fans, do not panic. Your time will come. You will still end up as a top five seed, maybe even as a one seed. You never know. It's early days. And when the playoffs come around, as long as everyone is healthy, you will be a threat, maybe the favorite to win the title. That's yeah, I think I you saying. summed it up in a nutshell right there. I couldn't have said it better myself, Lef. Here's a question for you, man. Did you see Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, the little tussle they had on the bench there? Yeah, dude, I did. I, I saw that and I read about that. I, they didn't really give a reason why. They were just saying, you know, they're both competitive guys and they both want to win. But I, I've never seen that before. That's um, no, it was It was interesting. I think that Dwight Howard could be a bit of a problem piece like he's very tech foul heavy um i'm not sure like i i was a big fan of dwight when he was on the magic back in the day but there's something about what he's bringing there and there was a lot of bad energy on the court that night i tell you what like i you don't usually see it get that open like because you'd have to be aware you're on live tv you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and that still went down. You'd think you'd save it for halftime or, you know, after the game. I, I think I know why he might have done it. I think Dwight is salty that he missed out on being named the top 75 NBA players of all time. You reckon did you really see comes that? down to that? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sort of half joking, but did you see that? Dwight Howard was not named the top 75 player, NBA player of all time. I think people forget how good Dwight Howard was in Orlando. He was he amazing carried a, at the Magic. Yeah, dude. He carried a team to the NBA Finals with his second best player being Pajas Djokovic. Was it Was it Pajas? It was, wasn't oh, it? 
you're testing the memory now, Lef. But uh, I, I, you're very much testing the memory now. Yeah, but but look, he's he's a he's an eight-time All-Star, a five-time All-NBA First Team, a three-time Defensive Player of the Year. He's had multiple top three MVP finishes. I mean, Dwight is a. I, 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 that really it really got me the wrong way because I feel like Dwight gets a lot of flack from a lot of recent NBA fans because I've seen him since he's like Atlanta, Washington, Charlotte, LA, Houston really? days. Like, yeah, yeah, like when he's just been a role player and hasn't been that good. But man, his peak was his peak was up there with some of the best of all time. Like, oh, dude, yeah, yeah, back in those 2010 sort of days, he was very, mm. very good. So maybe that's it. Maybe he's got some beef. It's going to be interesting to see if he sort of sticks around there because I tell you what. If I was playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, which is a very long stretch, <laughs> but the last person I would want to annoy or frustrate would be Anthony Davis or LeBron James, which is what he's what he's gone out and done. You don't know what's happening there. Hopefully for him it all works out, but yeah. Yeah, man, fully agreed. I, I think it's just something which is happening quickly. I don't think it's going to stick around, though. I think it's a... Because, like, literally, the season before when he was with the Lakers and won the championship, he was great for them. Like, yeah. Him and him and JaVale McGee, they were great for the Lakers. So I, I, I think it'll work out. Just give it some time, like with all things. Yes, man. Now, here's a team that me and Johnny were all over, and you were a little bit too. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. Ja Morant is already exceeding expectations i would say like he i i'm very excited about this guy he's the future of the league and he so young the grizz they're looking good they did drop the game to the lakers though and i think john Morant possibly missed a free throw there at the end and it sort of lit a fire up him and he's he's bound to come back but he what do you got man you got 33 5 and 7 damn of course he's an all-star yeah look he's what I don't know what to say. John Moran is so exciting. Is he is he the most fun player to watch in the league? Like, yes, he's got to be up there. Yeah, I like, actually think so. He, I, the answer for me is yes. I love watching this guy, man. Like, he is absolutely mm. amazing. That's a yes, a solid yes. He's like oh, he's like Derek Rose, but with the Russell Westbrook intensity, and it just creates this this. That's it. That's insane, not bad. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that analogy. But but he's he's a lot smarter than Russell Westbrook is. He doesn't he doesn't just jack shots. He doesn't he's not trying to take rebounds from his own teammates. He's just he's so electric. And that stat line thirty three five and seven, that's what he's averaging so far in the year so far. Like I reckon he's a shoe in for the All Star game. Yeah. Um, he could he could possibly win Most Improved Player this year, which. It's crazy considering that he was almost an all-star last year. Yeah. Look, dude, I he he's I mean, look, if there wasn't so many good point guards and shooting guards in the league, he would be an all NBA player this year, in my opinion. But I mean, he's just got to fight against some of the best. He's got Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. I mean, those are some tough players. They I mean, are. look, you but I, I don't know. He could he could sneak into an All-NBA third team this year if he plays like he has. Man, look at that up. 33, 5, and 7. They're massive numbers right there. Ja Morant, it's 
It's two teams that I'm very excited about that I feel like so far, and again, it's only week one left, that I think we got it right on. It's been Memphis and Golden State. Like, the, those two teams were like, hell yeah, these boys are going to get it done. And it's like they were listening to Talking Hoops and Traith Puppy Leffler. But let's move on from the Memphis Love Show onto Miami. Jimmy Butler is looking like finals. Butler, you've got ridden here. And I absolutely agree with that. Buckets, man. It's raining there in Miami. Yeah, man. You're right. He, he's looking like finals MVP Butler. Well, not finals MVP. Would have been finals MVP if they won. But yeah, I think, yeah. He, I think his last game, he had like 30.6 rebounds, five assists. Went to the free throw line 16 times. If someone asks you what separates a star from a superstar, that is what you respond with. Free throws. The best players in the league consistently get free throws. That's what that's separates a... That's interesting though. See, in, like, what about Giannis? Giannis consistently gets free throws. Giannis had 14 free throws the other day. Last oh, day. my bad. It gets to the free throw line, you're saying. I thought you were oh, saying yes, sinks yes. free throws. I was like, man, that guy can't shoot to save his life on the free throw line. Yes, no, I agree with you. Sorry, that's the cooties kicking in, I think, man. My that's bad. Right, yes, man. I agree. But you are right. Sinking your free throws makes a big difference. But if you think about it, I was listening to someone really interesting, Chris Vernon from the Ringer NBA. He does a podcast and he was saying, he was just talking about the way shots are made. Like if you only shoot 40% from three, you might sink four out of 10 shots, right? Or if you're only shooting 45% from, from, from mid range or from just field goal in general, you're only going to get so many points. But if you go to the line, say 10 times a game and you're an 80, 90% free throw shooter, that's a guaranteed eight, nine, 10 points every single game. That is what can be relied upon every time. And it's why these players like James Harden are struggling so much at the moment because these new rules are making it a bit harder. Anyway, I'm getting a bit off on a tangent. We've got a lot of teams to cover still. But yeah, look, Miami, they are looking good. Tyler Hero, have you watched that man? He's come off the bench and he's averaging like 28 points per game. What? Oh, dude. Man, I, we need to, at some stage, we're going to have to come up with like a little... I don't know, not like a as a best team or something like that. Like, cause it's you know you'd have your LeBrons and whatever, but the most fun starting five or something. Tyler Hero has got to be up there with it, man. Like he love him, absolutely love him. That guy can shoot the freaking lights out, dude. He can, and his confidence level is so high. It's so high. Yeah, it's confident look, the rest with you with the ladies, my man in the F forty five gym, Papa Leftley. Oh, dude, my girlfriend listens to this show. That is not true if you hear that, all right? I am, I do my job, and that is it. I'm playing to Trey's girlfriend. He's a very humble man. It's You can't help but, you know, have that charisma, my friend, as do the Milwaukee Bucks. Favorites coming out of the East, you're saying here, Giannis? I, is he going to back things up? Are they going to be back there? What are you thinking of Milwaukee? Early days once again, but the Bucks. Yeah, man. The Bucks are going to run it back, I reckon. Two-time NBA champions That's is what I'm You're calling, calling right now. 
They're going to yeah, win the whole thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thing. calling. I, I, reckon, I reckon they're going to come out of the East and they are going to win the NBA Finals. I cannot see a single team in the West who I think would be better than them. The only team in the West who I really, truly fear would be the Lakers, and that's because of Anthony Davis. Because if you switch Anthony Davis onto Giannis, I think Anthony Davis could have a level of success against him. But there's no other team in the West who I think has a good matchup for Giannis. I think Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, they can provide great defense on any single player. And I just, I just, Giannis has taken another step. Like, really, really interesting. Giannis has got that 2012 LeBron vibes. LeBron won that championship. He proved that he could win a championship, same as Giannis has finally done. And now Giannis has just got this edge to him, man. He's he's quicker release. He's more confident. He's taking those mid-range pull-ups, taking threes off the dribble. Man, if Giannis can be a respectable mid-range three-point shooter, it's over. The league is done. Crown him as the best player. The Milwaukee Bucks will win the finals. Giannis will win MVP, and there is nothing that can be done. I just, and there is I don't nothing- know, man. I was going to say, yeah, there's nothing you more do. you can say than that. That is confidence with a capital C, man. I, I like it. I'd like to see the Milwaukee Bucks go back to back. That's a big, big, bold call four games into the season. I like it a lot. Papa Leffa. Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves because, hey, we've already crowned the champions. It's all done, but let's talk Minnesota <laughs> anyway. Nice young core. Great offensively. Look, you've got Kyle Anthony Towns. He's looking like the third best center in the league again. He's come out and he's had offensively looking great, playmaking looking great. Defensively, he doesn't look as bad this year. He looks average. And if you get Carl Anthony Towns with great offensive average defense, that is an excellent player. Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards has looked great. He's averaging over 25 points per game, bringing some playmaking, pretty efficient again. The problem is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has not looked good so far to start the season off. He's had some good playmaking, but very inefficient offense so far. Very inefficient. And they need him to be firing on all cylinders to be a competitive team. What do you think, though? Well, yeah, no, I have not caught one Minnesota game yet. So I'm looking here. What They're sitting two wins, one loss. I think you summed that up pretty well. Like like we keep saying, it's like on repeat here. It is very, very early days. Like you've still got mm. well over 70 to come left. But I, yeah, I don't think I can add any more to that at the moment. D'Lo not playing well. The only thing I can say, this year for the first time since Jimmy Butler was there, there is finally a, a plan in place for Minnesota. Minnesota, you may not make the playoffs this year. I could see them being a shoe-in for the, the play-in tournament or maybe even an eight seed. We'll see. But there is finally a good foundation there. The front office is doing its job. You have some good complementary players, Josh Okoge, um, Jaden McDaniels. All I'd say is it is much, much better than it has been in the past and your front office is not just a dumpster fire this time. Oh, there you go. No, that, that's good, man. Plenty to work on there for the Timberwolves. And I've had a little giggle. I'm looking forward here at the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion, that's for you, you silly old man. I like it. Yes, it's not Zion. I don't know where I was going with that. But look, what's what happened with the Pelicans? I'm distracted now. For anyone who's wondering... I've written up a bunch of notes and I've written in, in 
in brackets, Z-I-on for Ned, because Ned was saying Zion in the previous episode. Check it out in episode two, I believe it was. Ah, that's all right, man. I'm not forgetting. That's all right. I'm not forgetting, (laughs) mate. I'm going to hang shit on The man holds on to things, but yeah, you're right. One win, three losses. Zion just playing Zion, looking very big. Yes, 300 plus pounds. It's a very What's heavy man. What's that in kilograms for, for us Australians, dude? That's like 150 or not quite? Uh, no, not quite. So 315 is 140 kilos. So that puts him in about 130 something kilos. 130 big kilos boy. roundabouts. He's only big six foot boy. six, six foot seven. I mean, that's wow. the heaviest player in the league. Taco Fall is seven five and he isn't even 300 plus pounds. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, but look, I, New Orleans looks like a dumpster fire at the moment, to be honest. Um, Brandon Ingram has looked good to start with. So is Jonas Valanciunas. He's looked like he's a walking 20 and 20 guy. Brandon Ingram's had a couple 30 points per game. But the rest of the team, they just look dysfunctional. I, they're so stupid for trading away Lonzo Ball for Devontae Graham. What were they thinking? That's just yeah, a downgrade in every sense. That was a very silly trade. I, I agree with you there, man. So you, you're talking about the dumpster fire sort of thing in the front office. You're thinking, well, New Orleans might be. Yeah. Look, dude, the team is built around Zion. When Zion comes back, all of this might just go out the window. It might just be a passing breeze and they could literally be a competitive playoff team because Zion was literally averaging 27 points per game, seven rebounds, five assists. Like he could literally win an MVP in the next three seasons. It's not outside the realm of possibility. If he's healthy, gets his weight down, plays consistently. <laughs> Stays off the, the Big Max, man. Like, he could come yeah, back. Let's yeah, guard him. He would just destroy. Yeah. Oh, New Orleans Pelicans, just wait till Zion comes back and you'll have a better season. But until then, there's not much you can say. You're not looking, you're not looking good right now. Not looking good right now. <laughs> a, a team that is, though, is the New York Knicks. They have been absolutely fun to watch in the first few games. Very much competitive once again. Kemba had a great game in that first game we were talking about when it went into double overtime. They're looking so far so good. Julius Randle, wow. I love that guy, man. Mm, What a good story. What a good story. I mean, during the LA days, you knew he was a decent player, but he always got... He got sort of penciled into being a bully ball tunnel vision player and then he came to new york and man he's averaging like you know high seven eight assists per game he's averaging 30 points i wasn't sure if last season was just going to be a fluke season or if he was going to repeat and it looks like this year he's he's as good as last year if not better like new york they're a good team they are it's going to be rocking in the garden new york's fun they're fun. The Knicks are back, baby. And I tell you what, they're one of those ones like you were talking about with the Bulls. I find myself sort of on the old league pass heading to those New York games. They're looking very good. A team that's not is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've, thought, we've talked about them a little bit here. Josh Giddy, our Aussie boy, played at Adelaide last year. I, I didn't think he was going to be as good as how he's playing. Man, He wrapped up like 18 and something. You probably got it here in the notes in the last game. No, 19, 8 and 7. Look the hell out. They're saying that he's like mm. a, a possibility to be up there in the Rookie of the Year talks too. Like, get out of here. Dude, when he was selected with the sixth pick, I thought, what? 
That is way too high for Josh Giddy. I was thinking he was going to be selected around the 10 to 15 mark. But I tell you what, Oklahoma City Thunder look like they have an absolute steal in Giddy right now. People yeah. were saying Josh people were saying Josh Giddy was going to be a player to watch out for in one to two years. He would have to get used used to the pace of the NBA because he's played in the NBL. But man, I tell you, look at those players coming out of the NBL. They are coming to the league and they are on fire. You look at look at last year's rookie of the year and NBL rookie of the year in LaMelo Ball. I Josh Giddy could very well win it this year as well. He's looking good. Yeah, they're saying he's the dark horse to win it left. And I tell you what, if he keeps playing like that, most definitely, of course, that was the best game he's had so far. I think it's easier. Yeah, I think Luca, your boy Luca Doncic, come out and said, uh, Doncic come out and said that it's easier to score in the NBA than anywhere else, sort of thing. I think this might be the same case with um, Giddy. Hopefully, like just. Maybe the defense is lackluster a little bit there. I, I'm very much looking forward to watching him. I think I think that comment comes from the fact that offensively, every single player in the league is so gifted. Like you put, yeah. like even Dwight Howard would look like a sharpshooter in in our basketball league from three. Like he would nail ten threes in a row. Dwight Howard, like everyone at the NBA level, is so offensively gifted that defense just can't react, and so. I think that, yeah, that's why these players can score so well. But let's not take away. Like, yeah, I was going to say. Interesting way to look at it. Yeah. But but look, Giddy's looking great. Giddy's looking like he could. You know what Giddy looks like? Giddy looks like what I hoped Markel Fultz would be. He looks oh. like a, which is a very, which is a very tender spot for me because Markel Fultz, I was really high on coming out of Washington Huskies. But yeah, look, Josh Giddy looks good. I don't think he's a dark horse to win him to win Rookie of the Year, man. I think he should be a favorite. I think he's arguably. Wow. I reckon he is arguably. I reckon he's in the lead position right now, personally. Wow. There you go. Well, yeah. we are only a few games in, and he is looking very, very good. Mm. That's a big call. That you've already called the champions. The Milwaukee Bucks are doing it, and Josh Giddy's winning the MVP. I love how you just throw on caution to the wind and just going, "Hell yeah, it's going to happen." You just spoke about Markel Fultz. He's on Orlando now. Yeah, they're the next team that we're going to talk about. The boys picked up a win, and they looked good. Yeah, man, what a resurgence from Mo Bamba. You'll see. I've written on my notes. Mo Bamba's. Finally, actually looking like a decent NBA player. I was so high on him when he was picked. I can't remember what he was picked. I feel like he might have been the fifth pick. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, but anyway, I was so high on him. I thought, look, this guy's going to be like a Rudy Gobert, but who can shoot threes. And he just looked so disappointing for so long. But yeah, he's looked good. I mean, Cole Anthony's looked great. He's had some great games so far. Jalen Suggs, that man is a winner. Oh, dude. He is like, yeah, very much so. He's another one that to look out for in Rookie of the Year. I'm telling yeah. you that right now, Left Suggs, is, he's up there too. It might not be as doom and gloom for the Magic as what we were talking about on the last episode. They've got some great young players. They've got Franz Wagner, who they selected with the eight pick, I believe. They've still got Wend oh, yeah, Wendell Carter Jr., who they traded for from the Bulls. He's a great yeah. player. Like he, he was in the Vucevic trade. Wendell Carter Jr., good... I reckon he's. I reckon he's going to be an L Horford type player, like a, a Jeez, good that's stretch. A, that's a... Yeah, like like prime Atlanta Hawks. You know, L Horford. He could be an All Star one day, maybe. A good playmaker, good defensively. Not a great rebounder, but like he's just very solid in everything he does. And yeah, look, 
Orlando, you've got a great young core. The thing is they need that one player to take that breakout. They need that one player to really jump, turn into that star. You hope it's Jalen Suggs. If you get that player, then you've got all the right pieces around them and they will be a playoff team in no time. They just need a jump from one of those people. Most definitely, man. I, I totally agree. Like Orlando Magic, I'm, I'm telling like you can tell that I sort of light up with these sort of teams. They, they're looking good left. Mm. This is the one though, my man. This is the one that you've been waiting to talk about. The Philadelphia 76ers. I hear you're a fan. No Simmons. Uh, I don't know. He's come out and said that he's not in the right mental health to play at the moment. So what are your sort of takes here? I, I can never see him pulling that jersey back on, to be honest with you. There's a lot of speculation going around at the moment. Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice. Apparently that just doesn't happen. He actually mm. trained with the phone in his pocket left. Come on, man. What, what are we thinking? Okay, so you've brought up about 15 things at once. There's a lot of things to address. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. This is ba- I feel like I'm almost bullying you because you're a big Ben Simmons fan. I'm sorry. Let's go. That's okay, my guy. So first of all, as a 76ers fan, it's been a better start to the season than I expected. It was either going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be the Ben Simmons thing was just going to distract us and was just going to be a big problem that was going to cause the team to play badly or it was going to be a, a, a uniting point and the team would go, all right, we don't have Ben, so we're going to come together as a team and make up for what Ben lacks, which it looks like they've done. Tyrese Maxey yeah. has played very, very well in the starting point guard role and B's look good. Seth, Seth Curry's look great. You see he dropped six straight threes in an opening quarter. That was oh, I definitely did. Man, the, yes, those man. Curry boys, jeez, I looked the hell out. And, and you touched on Maxi there too. I've got to say, before you move past him, I love him, dude. I think he's a, a great, great player. Mm. Best floater game in the whole NBA. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Tobias Harris has looked good. Now, I will address the Ben Simmons. There is a lot to, to talk about, break down. He's mentioned in every single episode we do, and it probably won't stop until something happens. <laughs> ben Simmons, you, you were right. Ben Simmons has been ruled out of playing for a little while. He was saying he was suffering mentally, and then he said he had back tightness as well, so that's why he couldn't play the last couple games. Do I think he's going to get traded? Yes. Do I think it's going to be anytime soon? No. I actually yeah. see Ben Simmons. I see him suiting up and playing games for us again. Wow. There you I go. See, I, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I don't think he'll, like, I, I think he's could do it, but I'm not sure he will do it. You know what I mean? It's like when I expect, like, imagine him at a home game there. Those play, those fans are going to absolutely destroy him. Dude, he's going to get booed so hard. Even if he's not playing and just sitting on the bench, he's going to get booed so hard. It's not funny. But look, I mean, sorry, he sort of brought it upon himself, the way he's handled the situation. So, yeah, look. But look, I reckon he's going to play again. I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I think it's going to be very awkward to start with. But look, have you? did you see Daryl Morey's comment? Daryl Morey said, four years he's got four years left on his contract and so he might be here for another four years either ben simmons plays for us yeah either ben simmons plays for us or we get a package we like no other option so if they don't get a package like they like, that, though, Ben Simmons man. You've got to stand strong because these players are sort of starting to take over left. Like, 
it's almost like he's throwing a tantrum sort of thing. You're getting paid big money. You know what I mean? You just, like, they need to sort of take a stand. I like that, that he's come out and said that. No, I didn't see that he had said that. But imagine that if you had Ben Simmons for four years. That's four years of us talking about Ben Simmons and what will happen oh next. Maybe he'll God. retire from the league. It won't be Irving. It'll be Simmons. <laughs> Maybe he'll retire, get his contract void, and then just sign to a new team. Yeah. <laughs> I decided yeah, look, to come back. Yeah, look, Simmons is interesting though because I actually hear rumors that things are getting a little bit better. Apparently, Simmons might be suiting up. Um, they've stopped fining him. They've actually said, we'll stop fining you. So he's no longer being fined for missing games. Joel Embiid released a comment stating, you know, stop bashing Ben Simmons. He's still our brother. So I, I think he's trying that. to make an effort. I think he's trying to make an effort to improve things. And I could see Ben coming back. It was really interesting though. I watched an interview about Ben Simmons and why he wanted to be traded in the first place. And it has nothing to do with game seven. It has nothing to do with the comments Doc Rivers made or Joel Embiid made. It's got more to do with the media. Ben Simmons feel like he came into the league and he literally turned the 76ers into a almost a championship team immediately. Because if you remember, they went 22 and like 22 and 50 something, 22 and yeah. yeah. And then the, the season he came, they were a 50 win team. Massive, massive turnaround. Like one of the biggest turnarounds since Larry Bird came to the Boston Celtics. But what he didn't get was he didn't get that time to be a rookie. Like, you know how most rookies get that opportunity to grow through their pains, to make mistakes, to, yeah. to do that. Ben Simmons came immediately and was immediately a high-level, impactful winning player. And since then, they've been championship-level players. So Ben is just playing the same way that has brought success in the past. And he actually said he doesn't feel like he's gotten the opportunity to make the mistakes and have the growing pains other rookies and you know young players get and feels like he needs a change of scenery to be allowed that because on Philadelphia it's it's championship or nothing like it's every season that they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons it's it's championship yeah. or, or, or or it's a disappointment basically so uh, I and didn't I think see that a lot of pressure on the shoulders is what you're saying there he sort of had to come in from day one and be that star sort of thing like he just wants to yeah uh, I did not know that so that's a very interesting take hmm it, it it humanizes Ben a little bit more. It gives a couple more reasons for... It doesn't sound quite as toddler-like, tantrum-like. Like, it doesn't look like he's just chucked the plot. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, still hasn't handled it well. But anyway, that's that's all I can say about Ben Simmons. Until we hear more, I don't know. I was going to say quick notes for 76ers because all we've spoken about is Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Embiid looks good. Could win MVP again this year. I could definitely see them being a top three seed in the East maybe even being number one in the East again. Playoff-wise, don't know how we'll go, but they're going to be a good team again. Oh, they'll be good, man. They're going to be right up there once again, I, I think, regardless of the situation. I think it, the Philly 76's actual team has, has handled the situation very well. Like you said, yeah. it could have gone either way. So far, it's looking pretty good for them. Phoenix Suns, though, they're off to a sort of a, a slow start. Is it that sort of championship? Well, they didn't win it, but, you know, making that championship series hangover sort of thing what do you think's happening here with phoenix i've got a couple of loyal you know phoenix fans that i know they're like oh it's all over it's very early days 
CP3 still looking pretty good. They've got Devin Booker, man. Like, their, their sons are going to be okay. They just, it's been a slow start for them. Yeah, dude, you nailed it on the head. To those Phoenix fans who are listening, do not stress. It is not over. Phoenix is going to be right back in the mix, and they should be one of the favorites to make it to the finals again. They bring back the same team. CP3 looks as good as ever, if not better. I think he just made a milestone. He's the first player in NBA history with 20,000 points and 10,000 assists. I was going to bring that up, man. That is absolutely huge right there. The point God left. Yeah. Sorry, dude. I'm still on your points. Um, Ah, man, you're good. Yeah, look. But look, yeah, look. It's a slow start. I wouldn't worry. Phoenix is going to bring it back up together. As you said, it's that finals fatigue. Like, they play deep, deep, deep into the postseason. It's been a quick turnaround. So, just... I wouldn't stress too much. The only thing I've got to note about Phoenix is what the hell is going on with DeAndre Ayton and that contract? Yeah, I'm not sure. I was going to actually ask you about that right there. Has anything more happened with it? I knew that he wasn't happy because he didn't get that max contract extension. Mm. What's the latest on it? Dude, I have no idea. No idea at all. It's just, it's, it's strange. Like, literally, they've signed other players to contracts but they're refusing to give DeAndre Ayton a max contract. And in fact, all I read, I did read an article saying all talks about the contract have ceased and neither party is discussing the contract anymore. What do we, like, what do we look, I was gonna say, what are we looking at here? Is, is DeAndre Ayton gonna leave next year? Like, is he gonna enter the open market? Like, there's something big time happening behind the scenes right there is what I was about to say. Yeah. There's, there's definitely more to that story. There you go. There's another thing to break the popcorn out with. You've got the Simmons thing. What's going to happen with that? I personally believe he deserves that max contract, man. I, I don't know about you. Agreed. I can't really touch any more on that sort of thing because I, I don't know what's happening. But, dude, Phoenix Suns, they're going to be okay. They're going to be right up there. Is it going to be a rematch of last season? Is that what you're saying? Is it going to be the Bucks and the... I love how much you've just thrown it out there on this edition. I think the Bucks are a fairly safe shoe-in to be in the NBA Finals. Like, I think realistically, there's only three teams from the East who I could realistically see making it. And that's Brooklyn, Milwaukee, like one and two, like well above everybody else. And then after that's maybe Miami maybe Atlanta, meh. But look, I think Milwaukee's just such a safe choice from the East. But in the West, I just don't know. The Suns, I could see, like they're a fairly safe choice if you want to go from continuity's sake. But like, you don't know what's to go with the Lakers. You don't know what's happening with Denver. If Kawhi comes back for the Clippers, they instantly become a favorite again. If Murray comes back healthy, and Michael Porter Jr. looks the same, and Jokic is as good. Like, there's just so many teams. Like, what happens if if Dallas trades for like Bradley Beal? Suddenly, I would yeah. throw Dallas up there. Like, so the West is hard to tell. That's all I can say. Yeah, it, it is a definitely hard one. It'll be interesting to see. It definitely, but there's no. The point here is, is don't freak out if your Suns fans, Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard started up the. Uh, the season uncharacteristically slow left. Now, I wonder what's happening here because interestingly enough, I did see that all reports of Lillard is that he's happy at the moment. He's going to stay in Portland. He likes where coach Chauncey Billups is taking the team and he wants to stay with the Trailblazers. 
Yeah, dude, it's interesting. I don't, I think Lillard's just having a slow start. I think that's it. Like, I, I don't think he's unhappy. I just think he's having a slow offensive beginning to the season. Like, but mind you, they're making up for it with CJ McCollum, who just dropped like 27 points the other game. Like, that man's, they're literally playing like opposite. Like, CJ's playing like Dame and Dame is playing like CJ. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I good think joy, those two us. left. Dude, they are the best. Oh, actually, I, you could probably debate that now if Clay, Clay Thompson comes back. But when <laughs> healthy, well, when Clay's not there, Lillard and McCollum are the best offensive front court. Backcourt, front court. I always get that mixed up. Yeah. Um, is it backcourt? Be, yeah, you got backcourt, me. Backcourt, yeah? Yeah, because of the three-point line. Front court's just centers and power forwards. Yeah, but like they have the best offensive backcourt in the league, so yeah, that would be I wouldn't want fine. to be coming up against them. That's for sure. Jeez, but yeah, I think yeah, you oh, might no. be right with Steph and Clay. Like, damn. Mm. But you know, hopefully, the Portland Trailblazers, like I touched on the other episode, it's, it's they've got to do it soon, sort of thing for the Blazers. But it's good to see at least you know all that Dane Willard stuff that was all just rumor and speculation, apparently. Yeah, I I don't know if it was rumor or speculation. I think Damian Lillard's wife might have had something to do with it. Oh, did she get amongst it? Did she? I think Damian Lillard's wife is. I think she's a chef, or I think she's yeah. like a fairly well-renowned cooking person in Portland. And I don't think she wanted to leave. And I think that was that. So I think really that they just what the wife yeah. says happens. Left. That's what's up. I like that right there. We ain't happy going wife, nowhere. Happy life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely true, man. All right, the Sacramento Kings. I've watched a couple of their games, and and I, I love these. The, the Kings are they're a great team. They they bought it to Golden State Warriors the other day, and I, I think they're going to be another fun team this season. Yeah, dude, but you summed it up pretty well just then. You were talking about not going anywhere. That is the Sacramento Kings. They are not going anywhere. They are a fun team. They're exciting. But I do not think the Sacramento Kings, as long as they are coached by Luke Walton, who should have been fired last year, I do not think that they can make the playoffs or even... I think their ceiling is play-in tournament because Luke Walton is a bad coach. He does not make good in-game decisions. He does not make replacements well. Sacramento is at their best when they are high-paced. They play well. The first season Luke Walton came there, they were a high-paced team. They almost made the playoffs. Yeah. The second season, he decided to slow the pace down and Sacramento was way worse. I mean, you literally had the fastest point guard in the league in De'Aaron Fox. Who's who's looked good so far? I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan. I've, I've never been a fan of the coaching or the front office. They have the worst front office in the league, bar none. Their Sacramento. front office is terrible. Yep. Wow. Worst in the whole league. There you go. I, I, like that's a that's a huge call right there, man. And mm. oh, yes, I, I'm I come to. I can tell that you're very much not a fan of Luke Walton. Wow, there's shots fired no. there, left. Yeah, man. Look, I mean, look, he's he's still an NBA level coach, but I think his best place is as an assistant coach. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I don't know, but look, Sacramento, they're a fun. Like, I I have nothing against the Sacramento team. I just don't like the front office. I feel terrible for Sacramento like fans because Sacramento's been so bad. They've missed the playoffs for so many years in a row. They keep bombing mm. out in their draft picks. 
they've they've had some decent draft picks in the like recently like for example Tyrese Halliburton what a steal he's looked great Davion Mitchell who they drafted he's he's amazing like you'll see I've got written down his nickname is off night because if he is guarding you that you are going to have an off night that man is a lockdown defender and he's he's looked much better than I thought offensively it's quite interesting actually Sacramento's got a bit of a guard depth problem like well too many guards sorry with they've now got yeah what do I say De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton Davion Mitchell Let's not forget Buddy Heald, who's still coming off the bench. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Buddy. Damn. Yeah, it's, there you go. I, I, that's interesting. I'm going to look more into the Sacramento Kings and some of the moves and, and whatever they've made because they're one of those teams that I like. And But you're right, though. They, they've had a drought, haven't they? A playoff drought. Yes, sir. Not since the Mike Bibby days back when they were going up against Kobe Bryant. And remember that Western Conference Finals, that controversial oh, yeah. game? Yeah, but anyway. I remember say that, that for another episode. <laughs> Most definitely. That'd be a good one to look back on, actually. And well, you got to note here that Harrison Barnes is great. He is. I loved him on the Warriors, and I think he's a he's a, he's a great player there, Left, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, hopefully, hopefully you're not right, and they can they can turn things around, Left, because they looked more than competitive against the the Warriors the other day. They they held it with them hmm. for uh, quite a while. You know, once again. Very, very early days. Let's switch things up to the San Antonio Spurs, though. What are we thinking? Jock Landau, I'm not sure if he's got many minutes there at the moment. San Antonio, I must admit, I have not seen one single game. I've never been huge on the Spurs, despite them having Patty Mills and and now Jock Landau. What are we thinking here? I know when we spoke about the preseason, like we were saying they were going to be lackluster sort of thing. They're very much rebuilding, yeah? Yeah, look, they definitely entered that rebuilding stage. Also, I have not watched a lot of San Antonio games. One thing I've written down is, at least statistically, looking back through some of the game logs, Keldon Johnson is stepping up for them as that guy. He is averaging yeah. over 20 points per game at the moment. Um, the thing with the San Antonio Spurs, and I think we nailed a couple of these points in our previous episodes, Who's that star? Who's that guy? Who's going to really yeah. step up and be that person for them? And I think Keldon Johnson is making a case for it. And hopefully what I'd like to see as a Spurs fan throughout this season is for Keldon Johnson to keep taking those steps, be more confident because he's a great three-point shooter, great defender. DeJounte Murray's been great so far. I think he's averaging like 17 points per game, seven rebounds, seven assists or something. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Get that. Sorry, sorry. Shouldn't make any bad jokes online. Anyway, um, but yeah, look, San Antonio, they're, uh, they're not a super fun team, but there's some makings of something good there. You've still got Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker. You've got some promising players. There's some pieces to the puzzle there, but it's uh, much like the Pearsons. I think it's going to be a, a long season. The Toronto Raptors. Man, we're getting to the end of this for the... We're, just talking about this first week the Raptors you're saying the defense is great and the offense is bad they got absolutely raised up in one game that I saw yeah mm -hmm. yeah I can't remember which game exactly you're talking about but like I watched that destroyed. game I can't either but yeah I watched I did watch that game against Chicago though when it was it was a close game I thought Fred Van Vliet was going to get that game winner did you see that no I didn't man so basically 
the Toronto Raptors were down by 20 and then they stormed back in the third and fourth. I think yeah. it was the fourth quarter. They stormed back down by 20 and came within three points. At the very end, it was Fred Van Vliet guarded by Nikola Vucevic. I tell you, Fred Van Vliet had Vucevic on skates. He was crossing him over, dicing him up, yeah. took the step back, took the shot, and you just thought, this has to go in. The way that they've been playing, this has to go. And it clanked off the back of the iron and went out. And, oh, that was just... Uh, if, they had, if they had done that, they would have sent them to over. Uh, it was it was Freddie had a great game though. I think he recorded his career high in assists in eighteen assists that game. So Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's Pretty a crazy. decent effort. Look, yeah. Toronto Toronto fans should be fairly happy. They made the right pick in drafting Scotty Barnes. He has looked good. Scotty Barnes has been averaging over eighteen points per game, ten rebounds, has had a couple games where he's had five, six assists. Looking very promising, good defensively. They don't even have Pascal Siakam at the more. Siakam at the moment, he's out, I think because of injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, OG Ananobi, he's averaging over 20 points per game. He's a standout player. I would not be surprised if he wins most improved player this year. Um, and just defensively, they are just a menacing team. Like literally most of their team is standing over six foot eight. Switchy, great defenders. Like, besides Fred Van Vliet, like, if he's their starting point guard, all the way through, even all the way to their center, um, they're just great defenders, great switchy players. All they need is one star. Like, if you chuck Damian Lillard, for example, on Toronto, they would be a championship-level team. Kind of like they when need. they had Kawhi Leonard, you're sort of saying they're left. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they still no, have the main. I hear what you're saying, that. man. They're, well, they started the season, they're one and three could have easily been two and two from what you're saying there I, do, I can't remember what it was now but i did see them get razzed up quite badly it could have even been that game and i just switched it off thinking oh they're down by 20 it's game over sort of thing but let's sw let's move things on here left we're getting to the business end of it all now the utah jazz i have seen one of their games so far i think so jazz they're pretty consistent two and a zip at the moment so it's been a, a good start for utah yeah, man. Look, Utah, great regular season team. Could very easily finish as the one seed again this year. But uh, look, I don't have much to say about Utah, to be honest. Utah, it's pre not preseason, but early in the season. We know they're good. We know Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert worked very well during the regular season. On any given night, they can beat any team. But I think the biggest thing for them is the playoffs. Like, I know this is first impressions. First impressions... They look good. Rudy Gobert is probably going to lead the lead in rebounds. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a 25, 28 per point per game scorer. Joe Ingles hasn't started off well. Um, oh. He got ejected, I believe. Did you see that? Yeah, I didn't see the ejection, but I, I did see the, like a, some stuff happening with Joey. Maybe it's just those early yeah. season sort of things. Like Fitzy was saying last week, that he thinks this will be his last uh, season in the NBA. What did he get ejected for? I honestly have no idea. I didn't see it. I wasn't sure if it was a technical or if he got ejected or something, but I don't know. I'd have to look into it. I just I just heard that he got ejected or a technical or something. But yeah. Ah, there you go. But you're saying there's not too much more you can sort of touch on there with Utah. They've just got to get over those sort of playoff worries that they have, bud. Yeah, dude. Look, it's not much. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Utah, they're a good team. Like, Utah's a great team. Utah's a bit like Milwaukee of about a year ago. 
They've shown they can do it during the regular season, but it really comes down to can they do it in the playoffs? Can Donovan Mitchell emerge as an MVP candidate? Because like, he's on a good team. He brings the stats. He's a winning player, but for some reason, he just doesn't get that buzz. And so what he needs is either a really deep playoff run or to win a championship to get that recognition, I believe. It's something and to do with Utah. I, I, what you're just saying there, for some reason, like there's something about Utah. Like he's not getting that buzz. Mm. And I reckon it's because he's there in Utah. If he was somewhere else, like people would be like, you know, doing somersaults over him. I, I do agree with what you're saying there, man. But I, I'm switching things up to the Washington Wizards now. I've had a little little giggle as well. Looking forward on the Trath Leffler notes here. Kyle Kuzma, underrated AF, baby. Agreed. <laughs> Yes, man. Kyle, what what the hell is going on with Kyle Kuzma? The man's averaging 13 rebounds per game. That's Kyle Kuzma insane. has never, he's never been a good rebounder. He's he's shooting the lights out from three at the moment. He's shooting over 40% from the fit, like 40% from three. Um, yeah, what a bright spot. Like, I, I always knew he was decent on the Lakers, but he really might be a 20-point-per-game scorer, as he said. When he got traded, he's like, no, Washington fans, watch out. I will be a 20-point-per-game scorer this season. And everyone's like, yeah, right, Kyle Kuzma, whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he's so far, 19 points per game. He's doing well. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, man, he is proving him, why man. he's a good player. Yeah, I think you and Fitzy were, to- were tooting his horn a bit earlier in the last episode. Yep. Like, he's good. Very good. No, um, 100% agree. Showing why he's I'm a starting level point head. guard. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you're saying they're a very good team, but zero level defense. Yes, sir. Name me one good defender on that team. You mm. try and name me one good defender on that team. Oh, there you go. No, I'm I'm sort of, they're very, they've got that offensive punch like you're talking about. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm man. Gonna, I, I tend to look, agree. Washington's not a team I'm super familiar with, but if we go quickly looking through their team, listing off a couple names, and this is, I don't have any sheets in front of me. This is all off memory, so I'll try not to get this wrong. But look, Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie, okay defender, not yeah. great. Bradley Beal, not a good defender. I'm not sure who they're starting at small forward at the moment. I believe Kyle Kuzma will go to small forward eventually once Rui Hachimura comes back. Kyle Kuzma, yeah. n- not a good defender at all. <laughs> Um, Underline. Rui Hachimura. Yeah, Rui Hachimura. Okay. At center, they've got Daniel Gafford. He's okay, but he's currently averaging six rebounds per game as a starting center. Um, he's, he's, I think he's averaging like one block a game or something. Not great. Off the bench, you've got Davis Bertans, Davis Bertans, who's l- literally, and I quote, literally, the worst defender in the NBA. The worst. Whoa. That man yeah. is is like on an island. Like you and I could cross him over. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just saying. Like he's not good. Ish Smith's all right. He's okay defender. Not great. Not too bad. Um, yeah. Look, they're just they're they're not a good defensive team. Offensively, they've got the makings of a of a top five team. You have got Bradley Beal, who's the leading, almost led the league in points per game last year. He led it the previous season. Like. I, I'm not a huge fan of Washington. 
Yeah, I, I can say, I can tell that, man. You're sort of brushing them off a little bit there. Some big calls from Trey Leffler in this episode, though, and it has been a bunch of fun as we sort of come to the end here, Trey. I've got to say, though, what I've taken out of this is Milwaukee are going to win this, right? Yes, sir. Rookie of the year is Josh Giddy at Zion. Right, this is the Trey Leffler notes. Is there anything more that we need to talk about? Oh, I almost feel like I should save some bold takes for an episode, you know, bold takes of the NBA season or like Definitely. But um but yeah, look, I think you nailed it pretty much, man. Look, but the only thing to add, it is very, very early in the season. It's very hard to make any major takeaways at the moment. Once that fifteen to twenty games sort of has arrived, that's when teams will sort of have their identity fully figured out. Look, there's injuries at the moment. There's trades that are still going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty. Like, even league officials at the moment and refs are not fully sure how to ref the games. Like, like that Ja Morant three, you know, against the Lakers. Like, I don't believe that should have been called on Kent, on Kent Bazemore. And if that was James Harden, they wouldn't have called it. But I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Look, all I can say, man, is it's exciting. The NBA is back, baby. It is back and it is better than ever. And I hope everyone listening to this checks it out. Oh, most definitely. And be sure to check out our Talking Hoops, if you can see up there. Uh, Instagram, talking underscore hoops underscore podcast. Jump on there. Left doing some big things there. And we're on Twitter as well. I want to check this out, Left, because I don't want to do disjustice to Fitzy because he's he's doing some big things there, man. Uh, where are we? Yeah, it's at Talking Hoops Pod. So jump on there, check that out on Twitter, and of course, Talking Hoops podcast on Facebook. We'll jump, we'll put all those socials and whatever up. But thank you so much, Lef. It has been a bunch of fun. Uh, NBA big week coming up, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's been good. It's been good talking to you. We do miss you, Fitzy. If you listen to this, mate, keen to have you on again next time. But until then, Ned, it's been nice, man. Oh hell yeah! Thank you, Lef. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.